0: A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you can save at penfedorg autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any
1: advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve, too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Good day to everybody and welcome to this edition of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. I'm Stephen Jodderin here in Wisconsin. Down in Texas is Armand Kafai, Jake Watroba, hanging out in Minnesota. Follow us on Twitter, Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. We've really enjoyed your feedback regarding our mini-series looking at the potential relocation of the Columbus crew. We've been getting an enormous amount of comments, thoughts, and feedback. We appreciate it all. You can follow me, at Steven Jodderin. You can follow Armon at Armanca5. Follow Jake at Jake Watroba. We've also started a little website. So you can find the show there. You can find a little more information about us. And we'll be running a blog there. So uh, we'll be posting, you know, weekly stuff, weekly comments, a couple of news items regarding the show, anything special we're doing. On this episode, we'll be talking a lot about the first half of MLS. Charles Baum will be calling in, talking D.C. United and Audi Stadium. Of course, Wayne Rooney. Counterattack with Jake Watroba wraps up the show. Fellas, how are we doing today?
0: I'm doing good. Uh, I don't know, how how are y'all doing?
2: I'm I'm doing fine. It's Sunday. That's so. uh,
0: It's Derby Day, boys. What are you talking about? (laughs) It's the
2: Hudson River Derby. Jake's favorite. Great,
0: my my Red Bulls, baby. That
2: only twenty nine thousand people in New York seem to care about.
0: (laughs) My Red Bulls. We're about to go MLS Cup, baby. And the only reason why I'm putting on this persona
2: is because I have a Red Bulls jersey on right now. So that's uh, that's a great visual for
1: this. non-visual podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, first half of MLS season has been an interesting one. But Armand, what's your biggest takeaway from the first half? So, contrary
0: to uh, the public's opinion, which is, oh, Atlanta number one, yeah, Atlanta, yeah. Cough, Jake. Um, I think Red Bull has been the most impressive team coming out uh, this season. I mean, usually we think of they're up there, but – Jesse Marsh really implemented a system of pressing and forcing problems. And actually, I think they're four, They have four games in hand on uh, Atlanta, so um, they're sitting on thirty-two points. So if they win all four of those games, they would have. Um, I don't know. I can't do math right now. Um, they would have more than Atlanta. Um, so I, I mean, they've been really, they've been re- they've been really impressive. Though I mean, Tyler Adams has controlled the midfield well. I mean, Bradley Wright Phillips continues to score. They've done well with their acquisitions, like Kaku. He's been a great Acquisition. Uh, uh, who uh, Charles actually will mention him later on, um, talking about how he could potentially be Dark Horse for MVP. So they have all, a lot of these pieces going, and they're playing a great stadium too. I have to add that. So I think they've been great, but I think
2: Jake is not going to agree with me. No, they I mean they've been a great uh team thus far um throughout the season. Now what they do from here on out, now that Jesse Marsh is yeah. heading over mm-hmm. to Germany, that's gonna be a different question and that could really shape how things play out for the Red Bulls and for the Eastern Conference. My most impressive team is Atlanta United. I don't under- I don't see how you could I don't see how you can't say it's them or could say it's anybody else for that matter. Their style of play is, is so attractive. They are single-handedly ch- kind of changing changing the perception of MLS with all the young talent they have on the field, with Almiron, Joseph Martinez, uh, the Alba. So, to me, they are the most impressive side. And I think what will what I'm interested to see, especially come come time for the playoffs is if they maintain this top spot in the Eastern Conference and MLS as a whole, how will they do in a two-legged playoff versus a, a one-game playoff like they had last year against the crew where anything can really happen?
1: You know what my biggest takeaway from the first half of the season? is how. No, no tell us.
0: No, no, tell us. How
1: terrible Orlando City has just become. Like, it is surprising how they had all this winning streak – they suddenly look like a legit team poised for the playoffs. And then they just hit a cliff. And it's just loss, 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 loss. Like, if you're a betting man, you, you'd, you'd pick whoever Orlando City is playing to win the game. I mean, it is I mean, at loss point, after yeah, right. loss. Mm-hmm. Steven, but, you're right. Here's my other big takeaway. You learn nothing in the first half of MLS season. Yeah, you, you could kind of divide the good and the bad. But Orlando City could get hot and they could sneak in the playoffs because we've seen that before. That's, I guess, the beauty, some call it, or the disaster that MLS is in its system. There's the good and the bad, and when the bad teams are bad, it's not a good look. But when Atlanta United score beautiful goals like they tend to do, it's a wonderful look for Major League Soccer.
0: Yeah, when Atlanta went on that six-game win streak, I don't know if it was six or seven. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I don't know if it was on this show or if I was texting about it. But I I don't know about y'all, but I was really skeptical about that six-game winning streak because they did not look like a good team during that six-game winning streak. Sure, they got victories, but a lot of it was just late, come-from-behind wins, which isn't a sustainable way to win matches. You need to dominate throughout the match. I think it was against Portland where they scored, I think three goals. They were down like two, one or something or two 0 And they scored three goals to win it. I mean, for the first 80 minutes of that game, they looked terrible, absolutely terrible. Just Portland fell apart and Orlando scored like kind of off. Of, I guess I think it was a suspect penalty or, and a weird set piece. And then they got the third goal. I think it was through Mueller. Um, and they just didn't look so dominating. So to me, I, I honestly wouldn't say that's that's a surprise because the way Orlando City's rosters been set up, I mean, you'd think they'd be better though, right? Because they have the fan base, they have a great stadium, they they seem to have owners who are, are willing to uh, invest. But right now, I mean, it's not looking so good for Orlando. I mean, at the end of last season, they were even losing, um, uh, what fans? I mean, not a lot of people were showing up to matches. So it, it's a, it's a tough thing with Orlando City, but. I think a lot of people would expect them with that roster to at least make like a six seed in the playoffs right now.
2: I got nothing to add on Orlando. I just think I, <laughs> <laughs> I saw them play early in the season and I thought they looked, uh, I'm trying to think of the best word because the word I want to use, you probably shouldn't say on the podcast. They, they didn't look very good. Okay. It starts, it starts with an A. Okay. We'll just say that. Um, they looked
1: mediocre. Around with
2: the backs. They look mediocre. Um, average. So, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I said this about probably about two months ago and I, I don't believe they're in the playoff picture anymore. Let me refresh MLS soccer.com here. <laughs> and lo and behold, they aren't anymore, but I believe I, I, I they were in the, they were the sixth seed. I want to say a month or two ago. And I was not, I wasn't buying into it. They just, they, they don't look good. They just got rid of, uh, their head coach and hired the, uh, hired the guy from Louisville city. Thank you, Louisville City. To me, I don't know if that's gonna move the bar much for them, or if that's gonna get them back into the playoff picture. So, I don't know. Orlando, to me, is just a team I—I I, I guess I don't really need to ever watch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's been an interesting first half of the season, and there's only so much that we could we could discuss regarding the first half. And I thought, why not have a little fun with it? It's The American Soccer League, it's our favorite soccer league here in America. It's got its ups and its downs. You know, whether it's the 70,000 that show up for Atlanta or the thousands on social media ripping Anthony Precourt, MLS, and Don Garber for the potential relocation of the crew. (laughs) It's our league. It's our sport, and it's the sport of today and tomorrow in America. I truly believe that. So we're halfway. So let's give out Uncle Sam's MLS Midseason awards Ooh. and um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be the host here. We will all give our rewards for it but the what the blank moment, WTF moment of the first half. Jake, I'll give you the first one. I think this is going
2: to be everyone's WTF moment but for me it was Latan's MLS debut against LAFC. The 40 to 45 yard a goal off the volley to tie the game late and then the eventual header and stoppage time to win the match was definitely uh, oh my god what the bleep just happened that was amazing did you guys see this <laughs> that was one hell of a moment
0: Um, for, for me I guess we're going to jump to me now um, Jake you're going to love this one it, maybe it's a little bit of recency bias but whenever I think what the bleep I'm more of like oh like what to believe that actually that actually happened. That time thing was pretty was was pretty nice, not gonna lie. But I would go with I'm going with Darren Quintero's hat-trick against Toronto FC. I think that hat trick, first off, I think it almost nailed the coffin in Toronto FC's season. And secondly, just what a signing he's been to score three world class goals. And let's just, let me just emphasize. I put it on Twitter, I'm gonna emphasize it again. Minnesota United bought him from Club America for $200,000. Brilliant piece of business, brilliant player, and that chip over Irwin, whoo! That was just filthy. Which one? Filthy. Was, the the, there the there last was... one, the third one. <laughs> that third one was filthy. Uh, he's, he, he's, been, he's been a great addition for Minnesota, and I'm glad to see they have a competent player on their team. <laughs> Alright, so
1: For my WTF moment, it, it's Ibrahimovic, but it's his scoring success after what he did against LAFC. Yes, he he had a stunner. That's a great WTF. But what's more striking is he's been consistent with his play and it's like this dude has it like WTF. He is legit and he was he came into Major League Soccer to prove a point and he's proving it quite well. So for a second ward, it is the really bro moment, player or team of the first half. Basically, like the most negative thing that could potentially happen in the first half of Major League Soccer—the really bro moment.
2: Is, would you say it's kind of like ESPN's um, with NFL Countdown? Come on, man! Like that—that that sort yeah, of thing.
1: Yeah, it's the really bro, but okay. we got soccer. You know, really bro.
2: Sure. So.
0: My really bro moment is Toronto FC being just really bad uh, as the as of recording this they've been terrible, not not good enough. I mean, ah, oh, that first goal against Minnesota I keep referencing because I was watching that game actually before the Dallas one. The defense just like spread like the Red Sea and there was this huge gap that um, Calvo found. Um, I think it was was it was it Quintero on the first one was wasn't the
2: first one but the second goal your ref I think second goal second goal, a goal yeah a Miguel right. Barra goal where yeah the red seed did part yeah, because
0: I yeah, yeah there you go yes perfect yeah, that's the second goal it just looks bad um they they struggle to get results they get they don't get results against good against good teams um there's still a part in me that says hey they can sneak into that sixth seed and make a run uh, in MLS Cup but like Giovinco is looking all sorts of off they don't look like a good team. Akache, the signing they had from uh, Bill Bao has not been able to fit in with the team well. A team that's been the back-to-back MLS Cups, a team that went to the CONCACAF Champions League final and lost in penalties, there's no excuse for going to be this low.
2: For me, I'm going to uh, also harp on a team for my Really Bro uh, Award. This award goes to Minnesota United. <laughs> Not sure if you guys know this, but the San Jose Earthquake have two wins on the season. Can you guess what team uh, they've beaten twice this year? <laughs>
1: Minnesota. Minnesota,
2: <laughs> Minnesota United.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. What a stat. The that is great. San
2: Jose Earthquakes are the worst team in MLS, <laughs> and Minnesota United, who will... By all accounts, is still a pretty bad team. Has managed to lose to them twice. I, I, like, I To I like me, it. that's just like, come on, you can't, you can't, you can't,
1: at least draw San Jose <laughs> Earthquakes at home too. So my really bro moment goes out to S- Jakey Smith for not figuring out how to include Iberimovic into his lineup and incorporating his style and changing his team because for a while. LA seem to be losing games left and right to the scoreline of like I think 3 to 2 right something like that now they can't win but they're not losing so they're consistently drawing and they allow a ton of goals in but they seem to score I know they just got to win but Ziggy Schmidt really bro you can't figure it out
0: hmm. that team is really leaky man I whenever i watch the Dallas and the Galaxy play they're pretty
1: leaky defensively they need some help Jeff Cameron? Jeff Cameron, yes. He is rumored to be coming to MLS. Anyway, the tool bag moment player or team of the first half. Now, everybody knows what a tool bag is. It's just another synonym for blank bag, A-D-B. So, without further ado, Jake, take it away. This award
2: goes to all the crew fans in my mentions. (laughs) <laughs> because I had an objective thing to say about their attendance issues. And while I want the team to stay in Columbus, and I'm pretty sure I said that on our last episode, that didn't stop them from from telling me that I was an idiot and that I don't know anything about legalities and how I'm just picking and choosing what uh, facts I want to use. So to all the crew fans uh, who were in my mansions Throughout the week this this award goes out to you oh God Armand. mine uh,
0: so mine's gonna be a specific player and it, it it's just the way I've been seeing him play recently and his and his comments and I've been very defensive of, of this player before too but his performances just have not been cutting it it's Michael Bradley for Toronto FC his performances have not been cutting it. Um he just looks like – looks oh, again, the Minnesota game. I just keep mentioning that game because there was this one of those plays where you just like, kind of just like watch the guy go by. And it's like this guy is one of the higher-paid players in MLS, and he's just struggling so so bad. And yet, you know, Lions, Sheep, you know, Steven's Ferrer quote. Um, he's just <laughs> – I, I, I sit there, man. Six million dollars, and this – and he hasn't done much and this team is just a total train wreck. I think the most important player on the team is probably Altador. I mean, from what we've seen without without Altidore, they've been a complete mess. So I mean, Michael Bradley stead up game, man. I want to see Toronto FC make it, make it into the playoffs, but these performances aren't cutting it.
1: Uh my tool bag award goes to Anthony Precourt for not necessarily relocating Columbus Crew. That's a massive DB moment. But it's more so the fact that he can't figure it out with Austin. Like, it, you're dragging the crew and the crew fans through the mud. Now you're deciding to stab them along the way and then bring in all the Austin folks with the hope that they might get an MLS team. Because Anthony Precourt seems to have another option in mind, a plan C, if all else fails. And to me, the lack of clarity. And then on top of that, it just taking the crew fans through the mess that they're having to go through. It is a tool bag worthy award. Our next award is the Bravo Moment, player or team of the first half. What was the spectacular? And I will actually take this one first, my friends, Ooh. and uh, Colin Martin for coming out. I think that's a bravo moment for the league. It's a good moment for the league. And what I liked more is he came out, but he he didn't throw it into people's face. He did it and it went straight back to soccer. And when he came onto the pitch, he got a standing ovation. It, it's fantastic for the league that w- we can incorporate people with different face, backgrounds, sexualities. It's good. It's just good for the league and let's, you know, let's come to the point where it shouldn't matter. That if he's gay or not, let's just talk about soccer.
0: That's, that's a great, great point, Stephen. My Bravo moment—it's uh, it's, not—it's it more—it's not as big of a moment as yours, I'd say. But Giassi Zardes' revenge season—I absolutely love it. This guy was getting shredded by many. Wow with the galaxy. Oh, you know, he's not good enough. Where's Giassi? What's going on? Blah, all this stuff. Put it right back. I mean, come on, man can't <laughs> put a, a four-and-out right back and expect great results. He's come back uh, to the tune of – got to look up this number real quick. Um, there's plenty of goals. He has a defined role now. He knows, like, what he's doing. He, he talks all the time about Greg Berhalter giving him this role. And he's shown that, you know, he's not – 11 goals in 20 games. Like, come on. This guy's been, this guy's been great when not put at right back. You know, this is the most amount of goals he scored since 2014. He's shown why he was in the U.S. men's national team Radar, and he just looks like a much more confident player, and I'm just really happy after all of the hate he was getting that he's now scoring goals again.
2: Well, for me, my bravo moment to keep it in Columbus because I apparently hate the crew so much. Um, <laughs> bravo to the Columbus crew and the team's performance amidst the potential uh, speculation of relocation of the team. The crew, as of today, sit fourth in the Eastern Conference with 30 points. That, to me, I think, is a uh, remarkable thing, considering the players don't know where they're going to be living or or playing in the next uh, six to nine months. So hand clap to the Columbus crew.
1: Awesome. Well, our next award is the F.U. moment player or team of the first half given to the player, coach, or team that has shut up pundits for their preseason talk about that player, coach, or team. Uh, Jake, you want to take it away?
2: Uh, My F.U. moment award, whatever you want to call it, goes to Brad Friedel, coach of the New England Revolution. Yep. Uh, I believe a lot of us ripped on the Revolution for the hire, uh, way back when uh, this, was it in the fall or winter? Uh, as of today, uh, today being what, the age, July 8th? July 8th. The Revs are in fifth place in the Eastern Conference with 28 points. Uh, the Rev, they, they were not a very good team last year, if my if memory serves me correctly. Uh, they all uh, missed the uh, Lee Win rumors of him wanting out of New England and just how bad the revolution were last year to me this was this was kind of an f you moment that brad friedel was able to not only turn the ship around but show people he knows a thing or two about coaching
1: uh jake you stole my thunder i think brad friedel has the absolute right to say f you to everybody his new england revolution sit pretty in the eastern conference they have a great home record uh just about where you would think a good uh, MLS side yeah they can prove on the away side but it's not like New England Revolution have the greatest amount of talent he's done well he's got the team organized and they seem to be winning at home and in MLS that matters and good for Friedel
0: for For me my I guess FU moment has to be I'm going to keep it in Dallas uh, the strong start FC Dallas and Oscar Pereja have had this season. I know Steven hasn't really skeptical of Oscar Pereja's uh, uh, Oscar Pereja in general, but currently the team sits in first place in the Western Conference. I know they're coming off a loss against Real Salt Lake, um, but they did beat Atlanta United in a massive comeback win uh, on the 4th of July. Uh, The team just, the team has leadership that I don't think for some reason just didn't come out last season. And, they know how to grind out results. I know me and Jake both watched the Minnesota FC Dallas game and I think we both agree that that was more of a grind out result for Dallas um, that they just didn't have last season and there's a lot of people stepping up. I mean, Roland Lamar who everyone in the Dallas media including myself said completely overpaid. We don't know why Dallas is keeping them. leads the team in scoring with seven goals and uh, according to many players is has been a leader on this team and Good for Oscar Pereja and Cove for, you know, going past what happened last year. I mean, he had a quote uh, at a post-game press conference that said, I'm done with last year. I'm done with two years ago, and we won 60 points. I'm ready for right now what this team can do. And we'll see what this team can do because they just transferred Marco Diaz, their mm-hmm. best playmaker. So um, we'll see. We'll really see if Oscar Pereja – well, Oscar Pereja has up his sleeve uh, coming up. But, I mean, it's good for them that they turn turned it around especially after last season's collapse.
1: So, listeners, if you disagree or you have hate mail for Jake, please send it over. You know where to follow him on Twitter. Follow the show at Sam Soccer Pod. Quickly, fellas, before we get going to Charles Boom, signing or trade of the season? My s-
0: trade of the season uh, is Tim Parker uh, to the New York Red Bulls. I think that trade, Felipe, was great, and now they've established a great partnership with Tim Parker and Aaron Long
2: and it's provided stability in the back for Red Bulls. Jake, For me, it's going to be uh, a little bias here. Darwin Quintero, like Armand said earlier, a $200,000 uh, transfer from Club America. Six goals, two assists in 13 games played. Uh, finally, a actual decent player for Minnesota United.
1: Uh, mine goes to uh, Jesse Sardis. Going to Columbus Crew, scoring goals. Uh, and helping the club win on the field when you have all the off-field speculation, he could have easily gone to the Columbus Crew and just mailed it in, collect the play check, and become irrelevant. But no, he's going to fight for his place. He's going to fight for his name, and suddenly he's probably back on the U.S. Men's National Team radar. Uh, lastly, meaningless moment of the season, Jake.
2: Uh, for me, my meaningless moment is Ernie Stewart leaving Philadelphia Union. To take a meaningless position <laughs> and be the GM of US soccer. Arman. Oh, meaningless.
0: Uh, the most meaningless moment has to be I mean, I would say that uh, this oh man, you you put me on the spot because I don't think any moment in MLS is meaningless. Because wow. MLS has a special place in MLS is a special place in my heart. Um I would say the first part of the season, because Seattle Sounders know that they can just turn it around and make the playoffs and win the MLS Cup. So, um, Most meaningless moments are uh,
1: the amount of players getting sent to the World Cup. It's a pretty easy thing to do when you can just buy them. How about you produce a couple of players? Anyway, listeners, up next is Charles Bohm.
0: Joining us now on the show is a regular guest of ours, Charles Bohm from MLSSoccer.com. Charles, how are you doing today?
3: doing great always a pleasure to
0: chat with you guys so Charles I know right now you're actually uh, doing some uh, editing for the uh, Red Bull uh, NYC game um, we heard this week that Jesse Marsh is leaving Red Bull well Red Bull New York to go to Red Bull Leipzig what are your, what are your thoughts on that and what do you think is going to happen with uh, Red Bull now that their main man has gone to Leipzig
3: I I, I think it's um, on on balance a good thing uh, definitely a good thing for Jesse marsh although the devil's in the details in terms of uh, the, the role and the responsibilities that uh, and the power or lack thereof that he will or will not have uh, in, in his new job I'm, I'm still waiting to, to get uh, a full picture of what his uh, his role is and uh, certainly it could you know could could work out for him or could not but it's very encouraging for me in the big picture to see a us coach. Uh, be uh, recognized and given an opportunity by you know major club in this case a major sort of global uh, network the Red Bull network uh, and to kind of have a chance to move up even if it's only a sideways move for him in terms of taking a smaller job or a, a you know a lower level job uh, within the system there I think it long term has good uh, good possibilities for his career uh, and by extension for American soccer because if we if we're we talk all the time about you know U.S. players going abroad and, and getting experiences in big leagues and in uh, you know big soccer cultures and, and high level clubs and leagues and uh, coaches should be seeking to do the same thing and it's actually even rare for American coaches to work abroad in a professional context uh, at a high level than it is for players. So um, so I think you know I understand Red Bulls fans who may be upset, but I think the last few years have shown that the Red Bulls are. A part of a wider system it's a very well run very very thoughtful uh, system and uh, I think there'll be uh you know, you know in the long term the system is what matters more than any particular individuals within it within it uh, and I would say a positive word about Chris Armas too it's uh, his first head coaching experience at the professional level I believe but uh, I think he's well prepared for it He's earned a lot of respect and he's a he to be a good person and a good coach
2: Charles what do you think Jesse Marsh's um hire by RB, RB Leipzig uh, says about MLS?
3: You know, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to make any grand pronouncements about the league itself or, you know, effects for the league or science for the league. I think it only, it only looks like a good sign to have, again, a coach go go abroad and, and um, be respected enough by, uh, you know, a major European organization like this. Um, you know, I think, it, I think you, you could definitely make the case that it's a sign of... Um, you know, opportunities and that growth uh, and success can be rewarded in this league. Uh, you know, I think we have a tendency uh, with American soccer in general to kind of live in a bubble and be a little bit too self encapsulated and, and not always have a global context to things that happen. And uh, in this case, it's you know it's definitely a good sign. But I'm I'm hoping that it's the harbinger of a trend that more coaches do this. Uh, but I'm I'm definitely not holding my breath on that. I think we'll have to wait and see. Uh, what other coaches like him do but hopefully it's you know hopefully others get that urge to to go uh, abroad and in some cases have humbling experiences um, but that can lead to big long-term progress
0: no absolutely Charles and speaking of MLS it's basically the halfway point of the MLS season I mean I think game 17 for a lot of teams was that fourth of July match but who is your team that you would rate as the most surprising so far
3: Ooh, most surprising. That's a good question. Uh, I, I would say um, I'll, I'll, ta- I'll give you guys a couple of options at, at different ends of the spectrum. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised by LAFC, Uh mm-hmm. Still waiting to see if they hit hit some of the walls that that expansion teams hit, you know, over the over the sort of summer grind where things get, get a little bit tougher. But they certainly seem to be uh, have already weathered a few uh, patchy spots and and are growing in strength and depth uh, as they kind of enter the home stretch and. We we have enough of a uh you look at them to say that you know they've been they've been not only successful in terms of results but pretty easy on the high. I think there you know there's a few clubs that around the league that are more uh, attractive to neutral fans to watch, and I think LFC definitely falls to that category. Which to me it, it matters, and it's a, a compliment to what Bob Bradley has done in terms of tactics and aesthetics and his player selections. Um, I've been a little bit surprised at the other end at just how bad the Rapids have been. And that, man, I say that knowing that they've, you know, they arrested their slump a little bit. They've won a few games after going, I think, eight or nine games uh, straight with all losses. But I, I didn't, I'm, I'm just shocked that they've had such a hard time. Um, so that's been a, a not so nice surprise. Uh, and then uh, I'm I'm still waiting to see, you know, if we can get a little bit of a clearer sense of some of the teams out there. Um, in terms of overall sort of projects or teams of stories, I'm fascinated by what's happening in Philadelphia. I think they're interesting to watch. Orlando, even though they've been a hot mess at times, they're they're fascinating to me. Um, I'm eager to see you know what those teams sort of prove to be in the end. I think they could be they could be very good teams, or they could they could definitely tail off as they've shown at their worst. But uh, those are some of the you know some of the storylines that I'm kind of most intrigued by.
2: And Charles, on the flip side of the coin, I know you mentioned Colorado, but who would be Deemed your biggest disappointment so far this season.
3: Yeah, this may be a little bit harsh, I think. Uh, but Toronto FC, uh, the fact that we're still here uh, in mid-July talking about their struggles and their their CCL hangover, I think, is uh, is a surprise and is alarming. You know, and I, I again, I don't want to be too harsh because uh, they've made as uh, impressive a stab at, at winning Concacaf Champions League as, as any MLS team ever has. Uh, and they they came about as close as you can get without getting over the hump uh, to lose the way they did in the final on penalties is agonizing. Uh, you know, I watched most of their, their run through CCL, uh, but for for this perfect storm of uh, stuff to happen to them uh, that's you know, kind of still left them trying to find themselves and salvage their season here in midsummer is, is pretty stunning.
0: No, absolutely, Charles. I think we're all just – thrown off by TFC's struggles especially I mean after you've seen a team reach MLS Cup two years in, in a row do you think any drastic changes need to be done by Toronto or do you think it's more of a matter of okay they need to get healthy get Altidore back and then we'll we'll see from there
3: well, you know, I, I don't have the full picture in, in front of me right now, so I'm a little nervous about bringing this up because I don't know the latest on it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I believe there's been a little bit of uncertainty about Gio about Geofango's future. Uh, he seems to have been unsettled in terms of, you know, not getting what he wants uh, in terms of contracts and everything. And, and uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. Uh, I, I, I certainly would hope that they would keep him around and that the two sides can find the the numbers and the terms that, that work for them to, to keep him because he's such a big part of what makes them a special team and, you know, their identity. Uh, now that being said, <laughs> I know, you know, they're, they're reaching the MLS cup, uh, gave me an opportunity, the last MLS cup to kind of talk to some people around that club and learn a little bit more about how they operate. Uh, and I think even, even with the poor results and some of the troubling questions that hang over their heads, uh, I think it's just a, still a well-run organization, a model organization They they, they have, uh, they use a lot of quantitative data, um, uh, crunch a lot of big numbers and how they go about things and, and try to inform themselves on multiple levels. Uh, so, I, 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 if they're you know if they're not making a deal, let's say with Giovinco, I would guess they have reasons for for that. But uh, uh, I certainly am rooting for them to, to figure themselves out because they've been so good now uh, for so long, you know, for the last few years. And uh, I, I would hope that this particular kind of core. Uh, that they have on this roster is uh, gets another year at it if, if things don't shake out uh, the way that they, they expected it would this year in the end.
2: Charles, who would you say to this point of the season uh, has been the MVP of the league?
3: Ooh, is a good one. Put me on the spot here. I, <laughs> I, I think, uh, and again, I, mm-hmm. I hate talking about this uh, in midseason because, uh, because a lot can change in the next few months. Um, but right now the, the, uh, the, what's happening in Atlanta, uh, um, mm. you got to say, right. So Joseph Martinez is turned out to be, uh, I think we can safely say one of the best pure finishers MLS has ever seen. Um, he's at a very high level in that regard. Al Marone, uh, is, is sort of the, the right hand man there and maybe doesn't put up the, the, the gaudy numbers, but I, I imagine he'll be in the MVP conversation. If you continue on their, you know, the current levels of form or anything close to it, um, that said, I think you know, the wider, in the wider context, uh, Carlos Vela will be in the conversation if he continues the way his first half went. He uh, has a pretty good World Cup also, and it just has shown a real uh, specialness to him. You know, He's a special player. It seems like a, a great personality, just a, another model, sort of designated player that, uh, that that team has built itself around. So I, I imagine we'll be talking about him as well. Um, no, let me think what else oh and then you know if the red bulls uh continue on their trajectory uh i think we'll be talking about kaku as a as a possible dark horse for that mm-hmm. prize he's the league leader in assists right now that 10 assists um, three of them game winners he's also shown ability to, to finish pretty well uh so that, you know and we're, we're only just seeing the start of his mls career so i'm intrigued to watch what the red bulls and and kaku in particular do down the stretch
0: no absolutely and for our listeners out there, it's kind of a last-second announcement. I'll actually be heading to D.C. for a conference. I'm actually planning on going to the Audi Field's opening, and I want to talk to you about that, about that Charles, with Audi Field opening up next week. How excited are you to see this complex in action?
3: Yeah, it's, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I'm, <laughs> if, you know, I think a lot of you guys know I've, I've been in, in the D.C. area for a long time. Mm-hmm. I've I first started covering D.C. United. I uh, was there on the beat uh, for the league side from 04 to 2010. So I was kind of constantly around the team during that time, and I'm still, you know, I live just a short walk from RFK. So. Uh, I've been watching this team in this situation that's been part of the soccer community in DC for a long time and it's a it's a moment uh, decades in the making so it's it's really fun to see now uh, that said, <laughs> I'm also waiting to see to get my first look at the inside of the stadium they're doing a ribbon cutting event tomorrow afternoon um, very eager to finally get a look at the inside and and the the rumors around town are that um, this is gonna be like it is with almost every stadium. Uh, there's going to be some a photo finish in some aspects that, that we we may see a few a few uh, uh, you know dusty uh, dusty corners and and uh, unfinished paint and that sort of thing. There may be a little bit of a of an edge to it there, but um, that's all just you know minor stuff in the big picture. It, this is uh, this is a you know I think one of the best soccer markets in North America in Canada or the U.S. and it's kind of been I, I think marginalized because of DC United situation with RFK and and all the rest of it. Uh, and so now this is a chance for not only the club but the the city and the soccer town that we have here to uh, to get the spotlight, and it's, it's long overdue.
2: Hey, Charles, and speaking of the city of uh, Washington D.C., uh, Wayne Rooney's arrival was now uh, is now official. Um, what has been the vibe around D.C. now that uh, it's it's known that he's going to be playing for D.C. United?
3: Well, it's kind of a, an interesting statement about the. Um, uh, the scene itself that it hasn't been kind of universally acclaimed. Now he's definitely got people in this town talking about uh, DC United that haven't for a long time. Mainstream outlets, you know, sports talk radio, people that have um, that maybe follow soccer in a you know in the bigger picture, especially with the World Cup happening right now. You know, Rooney signing has put put a lot of more eyes on those. Uh, on dc nine, and that's great there are there's definitely doubts here among the soccer community just the way there are everywhere else about this move um you know rooney's 32 but but he's 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 been playing at a high level professional level at a high energy style since he was 16 years old so you know high mileage uh how many how much is left in those legs how is he going to adapt to basically having to do a, an abbreviated preseason? Uh, in the middle of a hot summer here and kind of catch up to, to speed with this team that clearly needs him and is, you know, you gonna be counting the days until he arrives and is, is fit on a match day roster. Uh, and, you know, how will he fit into things tactically? So there's definitely questions. And, and then fi- probably the biggest question is, um, you know, is it, does the extremely large amount of money they're, they're guaranteeing to him make sense? This is the highest paid player in club history by f- a double. I mean, he's making twice what Marcelo Gallardo, the previously highest-paid player in, in DCI's history, was making. So, uh, when you look at the you know the length of the contract, the amount of money that's being committed, and how little money they've spent uh, in so many other areas—not just the roster, but the management of the club—this um, has been a really tightly run, kind of bare-bones staff, and and um, you know, very, very, I guess, economically <laughs> uh, conservative organization for a long time. So, you know, is this a harbinger of more spending? Are they going to open up in other areas? Uh, I, I think that that's going to prove to be just as important as Rooney himself. No, absolutely, Charles.
0: And should we expect Rooney to uh, play against, uh, is it Vancouver, on, on Saturday? Um, uh, do, you think he'll, do you think he'll start if he plays or he'll come off the bench? If, if you know anything about that, what's your guess?
3: Yeah, no, I haven't. I, he's only been—he's only done one full training session, I think, thus far. Or maybe he's got two now. I'm not sure. I can't remember what their weekend schedule was, but I think Friday was the the first time he trained in full with the group. Cause they were out on the West Coast last week, um, so considering that he'll have not that much time together, I'd be shocked if he starts. Uh, but I would not be surprised at all to see him come off the bench, um, you know, give the crowd what they want, um, you know, give a give a cameo at the very least, and, and maybe see if he can make an impact off the bench and kind of set him up for success uh, in that way. So we'll see. And I'm sure the game states and, and his body will have a lot of a lot to do with it because he's, he's, he's definitely a little, probably this coming week, he's done a lot of work uh, on his own and fitness-type work to, to get up as close as he can up to speed. But when you look at their calendar, I mean, they, they, the schedule's been backloaded because of the, the stadium construction schedule. So uh, they've got probably more games to play still than anyone, and most of them are at home. And – uh, July and August in particular are really heavy, so I think they're going to be gonna be very conscious of the risks. You know, not taking risks in terms of overloading them early on.
2: Yeah, Charles, one last question here before we let you go: uh, DC United has only played two home games uh, thus far. Given that fifteen of their next twenty games are at home, can they salvage this season and sneak into the playoffs?
3: Yeah, it, it's possible, um, but the mathematics of it uh, and, and are pretty daunting. So you know when you look at the pace that they would have to make to to be sort of get up to uh, those of us around the club who kind of batted around the 50 points um, milestone as where they would need to get to, to to be certain that may not that might not be you know what the six seed actually gets to they may be able to get away with less but considering that it's a competitive conference um, you know where the Red Bulls got to last year to, to get the final playoff spot. Um, if we're, if we're going to be if they really want to make sure they can go over the hump, they're going to have to play at a, a pace of about two points a game, which is what you know the league leaders are doing right now. That's mm-hmm. right about where the top few teams in the league are. So can they, can they turn it around that quickly? Uh, there's certainly going to be a boost from the stadium but I, I just don't know that there's also going to be probably some bumps with the integration of Rooney and anybody else who arrives in the window. I think they are going to go out and, and uh, at least shop hard and do their best to get a fullback because they're short uh, in those spots and they're kind of just generally has, haven't been good enough in defensive terms. So um, I'm, I, I honestly am a little bearish on, on their prospects of actually doing it. It's possible, um, and you know maybe the, you never know what the teams around them do, but it's, it's, a, it's a steep climb for certain.
0: Absolutely, Charles, and thank you for joining us again, Charles. Again, you know we have this shameless plug on the show, so go ahead and plug away where you can find all your stuff once again and also your <laughs> Twitter handle.
3: <laughs> yeah, so my, my Twitter handle, I usually post my work there. It's at C-B-O-E-H-M, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm at MLSsoccer.com, USsoccerplayers.com, uh and anybody else I can uh, convince to pay me. So uh, so drop a line anytime. People, people can tweet me, and uh, I'm on Twitter a lot. And we can talk people have questions or, or want to just chop it up so thanks for having me on guys and enjoy the rest of the show
2: all right thank you charles
1: big thank you to charles for joining the show it's not his first time on i think it's why his third time i'm on i've had him on Something like that every couple of months um, Guys, how excited are we for Wayne Rooney to be playing?
0: So I'm biased, right? Because I'll be in D.C. watching him uh, play at Audi Field. So I'm super hyped. But as like a neutral, like an MLS guy, I, I'm not that excited. I'm kind of worried. Um, Wayne has a lot of mileage on him. And sure, it's cool to see a world-class player play. But I mean... I just keep thinking about the South Americans that they could be, they could have been targeting instead instead of an aging Wayne Rooney, and the, the massive investment they put towards him. But I mean, I, I, I mean, since I'm not a big MLS guy, you know, I'm, I'm excited. Give me, give me that Wayne Rooney. Jake, did you not say well, I'm Wayne glad.
1: Rooney had more Twitter followers than all the major four sports teams in DC had
2: combined? combined. Yes, yes, that so, was a counterattack. I think that was the first ever counterattack going yes. back and
1: listen to that. But it, it's such a huge opportunity for DC and it, my hope is Rooney scores obviously this upcoming week. Uh it's not that he needs to be a golden boot winner. I just need, he needs to score, but I want the team to win. I want them to start collecting some points so they become a little bit more relevant with the new stadium and there is a buzz because if DC United a team that we're going to look back in 20 years or in 30 years and be like, yeah, they were a historic team like the Green Bay Packers of the NFL were in the 60s or the Boston Celtics in the 60s where they won a lot. You know, we, we forget D.C. United has a trophy cabinet filled with silverware that some MLS teams are dying that they could even, you know, get a, a fourth of that trophy ca- cabinet to bring over to theirs,
2: yeah, the Wayne Rooney signing. I mean, at, at the very least, it makes DC United somewhat relevant in the marketplace in the, in the Washington DC sports landscape. I'm glad Armand had the negative take on it because I don't want to be seen as the the person on the show that's negative <laughs> about everything because that's what I <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm trending in that he direction. hates the crew uh, he, <laughs> I do not hate the crew yeah, he, he hates that, rivalries he hates the he, hates, he the... hates rivalries what doesn't he hate the way, I don't know the Wayne Rooney signing I, Arman you alluded to this to me, I, I would have just preferred D.C. United to sign a young, up-and-coming South American player. No, no, and wrong, develop er, him and, wrong,
1: Aaron, er, wrong, Aaron, er, sorry. You mean wrong? The league that, needs, such, needs no, that, to that's, develop in, into. D.C. United needed to become relevant. They needed a punch for marketing purposes. This had to do as much off the field as on the field because if well, they I got some, some, I, I, I would
0: I would argue. A
2: I, would a argue
0: a I would argue it has more to do with off the field than anything on the field even, well, even exactly. though I don't agree with that ideology.
2: So wait. So what happens when you you sign Wayne Rooney to this outrageous three and a uh, half contract? year contract? Okay, you sign, you bring him in, and he's not good. And DC United still isn't good. Well, what then was they, the point of that? Th-
1: then, yeah, that's a big F. That's a huge failure. But yeah, these people are wa- at least
0: people are watching them be really bad.
1: <laughs> Jake, 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 If if Minnesota United are irrelevant for ten years, and for in ten years' time they signed, okay. A Harry Kane Polesk. type, not Pulisic. Harry oh, okay. Kane. Okay, calm down. That's never gonna happen. That is never gonna happen. If Minnesota United are e- irrelevant for the next ten years, but the Harry Kane suddenly comes in, would you not be excited and would you not go? I mean, it's.
2: <laughs> it's I mean, I might be excited for six months or a few months. Bingo! Whatever, ding, ding ding
1: ding 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 ding! That's what DC United well, not need. it. They need the next six months for them to be somewhat good because they're they going to make more moves. Wait till the offseason. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs or win MLS Cup. They're going to hopefully, what they need to do, like I said, is to win a couple of games early on, to bring a little bit of hope, to, to tell the fans, look, it might not be this year, but next season we're bringing it on. They're going to sign more players in the offseason because there's going to be money there. Like, but he's 32 I, years, Wayne Rooney. This dude's got more Twitter follows than the Washington Wizards, uh, the Nationals, the Capitals, and the Redskins. People in England will be f- paying attention to D.C. United. It, this is a smart move off the field. Who knows if it works on the field? Ben Olsen's got to figure it out because I don't know how good of a coach he is. It's not. not. <laughs> <laughs> they should yeah. have
2: signed a young South American player that would have done nothing. Him. Zero. Years, flip him over to Europe. That doesn't matter. It, 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 look, look, you don't look at
0: Atlanta. Look at Atlanta. Oh, but yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta has have. no. That's such Who a. Who does Atlanta. Okay, come up, come up, come up, come up, come up. Who does Atlanta, like young uh, uh, DP wise, have that is quote unquote relevant in the terms of soccer uh, internationally? Name me one. I'm glad you didn't name any, because Almarone isn't, Martinez isn't, Barco isn't, Villaba isn't. Barco is.
1: Bar- Barco is on the radar of every club in no, Europe. No, Barco no, no, is on no, the no, short no, list. no,
0: but Barco is not on the comparison thing of Rooney.
1: No, oh, no, oh, you're right. You, you can't you're right. But two. Atlanta United's model was different from day one from DC because Atlanta came in as an expansion franchise and the city was hype about it because it was brand new. You'll believe it or not, it's going to be the same with Nashville. Who knows? Nashville could be NYCFC and lose 7,000 in the oh, average attendance in, there, huh? in the span <laughs> of three was years. On
2: he was waiting on it. He's been sitting <laughs> on that staff for about seven and a half hours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a brilliant stat. It really is. <laughs> God, I hope well, I read it right.
2: That, Hashtag yeah, save city. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hashtag save NYC. No, but <laughs> no. A, a South American would be good for all our MLS junkies. Woohoo! But to the average soccer fan... It's the,
0: same thing with, it's the same thing with Atlanta. It's not like they brought no, in it in. No, it's
2: different. different. Tell me, it's so you mean different. To tell me marketing some, you mean to tell me marketing some old rundown Wayne Rooney is a better idea... Then potentially signing some young, exciting players that want to Ibra create, uh, attacking football, attacking football Ibra Imovich. and market your team that way and market your league that way. You Ibra, think Ibra Imovich 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 Imovich.
1: is good? And Rooney's not Rooney. Rooney's five years younger than Ibra.
2: Yes, but Rooney was <laughs> Zlatan but- was still good at Manchester United. What was Wayne Rooney doing at Everton this year?
1: Yeah, but the talent around United <laughs> compared to to Everton. I don't know why you guys are so down on the signing because if, if FC Dallas signed Wayne Rooney, Armand oh would be no, jumping no, through the roof. The
2: league, the league doesn't get better signing old players. It's not, He's it's not, not old. not the next step. <laughs> This isn't the this. You're not. The league is not going to get better by just signing the Jake. Jake,
1: this signing is guys who aren't good enough make to play in Europe anymore. DC United relevant again. That's what the signing well, good, is about. Good
2: luck to DC United. <laughs>
1: I, I promise you, in the off season, they're going to sign some young guy. They have to.
2: That's what they tell you. That's called selling hope. I'm glad you're drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> How does it taste? It tastes good? All right, uh, Jake, live. mark the, tape. the, mark the, the tape. Mark I'm the done tape. Mark the tape. I'm done with DC United talk.
1: <laughs> mark the tape. I'm <laughs> going to play this when DC United make the playoffs. Fast-paced, shifty movement, brilliant skill. Yeah. It's the counterattack with Jake Watrova.
2: Counterattack time here on Uncle Sam's soccer podcast. I got three topics here for discussion for you guys. We've kind of hinted towards some of them during the show. <laughs> so not going to be really much of a surprise to you guys, so Wayne much Ruby. So. No, he's not. Yeah, we're, no, we're not talking.
1: <laughs> we're talking about Wayne Rooney. We're done with that. You are really and truly Mister Negative. I like it. I I, I genuinely like the negativity. <laughs> Because you probably you, you as a sports fan has have had nothing but misery, so I understand where the negativity comes from.
2: I just I just want the lead to get better, and it's not going to get better <laughs> with Wayne Rooney. I'm sorry, it's going to get better with some 19 year old kid from Argentina. It's Lies. not going to get better with 33 year old Lies. decrepit Lies. Wayne Rooney. Okay, anyway, moving we'll on. Done with Let's Wayne. move I don't on. Care. I'm done making it Wayne. Okay. Oh USA? my gosh. We only got six more minutes here, you guys. Come on. U.S. men's national team striker Bobby Wood has been loaned out by Hamburg to Hanover 96 with the option to buy. Guys, do you think Bobby Wood – do you think this is a good move for Bobby Wood? Or should he maybe make the the transition to MLS?
1: No, because MLS no, no would not MLS. be good. Yep, I agree. Oh, but I agree. Wayne Rooney's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> – it's it's different. He was waiting for that one. Um, <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. I think I don't think it'd be a
0: good. I think it'd be a good signing for MLS. When he went there, but I think it'd be a bad signing for him to go to MLS.
1: Jake. Yes, for MLS, yes, it's a good signing for having Wayne Rooney or Bobby Wood come in as the player. Though Wayne Rooney is better suited for MLS than Bobby Wood because Bobby Wood's still going up. Wayne Rooney is plateaued. Going down. Anyway,
2: okay, I, I had to take the Wayne Rooney shot. Is this move to Hanover 96 a good move for Bobby Wood, or should. It, it, are his days in Europe maybe over? He, he wasn't. wasn't dude, he's he a did, good striker. He, I don't remember him doing. I don't he wasn't remember him good. That much last he scored two goals. Two goals, right? Like, he, he
0: needs a year to get his confidence back. I mean. Maybe if he spent time in the second Bundesliga, I mean, shoot, maybe that could help him out. But hopefully, I, this loan spell helps him. I'm not sure if it will because his confidence seems kind of shot. Um, he needs a big he needs a big year this year, or else he will be coming to MLS next season.
1: Yeah, he he did not do much last season, um, and his team got relegated. So I think he needs to just you know go back to his roots and, and rediscover himself.
2: Yeah, I don't uh, – I'm, I'm a little on the fence about him staying in the Bundesliga. I'm not sure that is the best move for Bobby Wood. But moving on here uh, to uh, an article posted by Doug McIntyre of Yahoo Sports. Uh, Stoke City and U.S. men's national team defender Jeff Cameron reportedly turned down a two-year contract worth – $1 million per season from the L.A. Galaxy. In addition to the report, Sam Staseko of MLSsoccer.com reported that New England Revolution have also kicked the tires on Jeff Cameron. Do you think Cameron is coming stateside?
1: He's going to the New England Revolution. You think? Even with a turf? Oh, easily. That's his home state.
0: Yeah, I mean he did play in college at Rhode Island. Um, I I would be. You see, see, I would like to see him on a Galaxy. To be honest, that team is leaky defensively. If they could get uh, Cameron in there, maybe instead of a uh, Shelvik or Siani, uh, uh, I think it could be interesting to wow. pair him up with a very good defender. So defending
1: um, defending corners against LA with Ibra and Cameron. It's not easy. It'd be
0: a, it'd be, they'd be a good team, man. I mean, they're already. Uh, I think they'll sneak into the playoffs at this point. But I think adding a player like Cameron would be massive. I'm just, I'm also not surprised he rejected it because I feel like he wants to stay in the prem.
1: Well, well, Stoke City got relegated, uh, but right. Jeff Cameron's, you know, soap opera is how MLS sucks. So coming over to MLS for the money would look very hypocritical. But at this stage in his career, I think his days with the U.S. men's national team is done, and he should just be looking to collect a paycheck.
2: I agree, fellas. I think Jeff Cameron is coming over to MLS. Moving on to our final topic of the day. Roy Neymar is reporting that Argentinian national team coach Jorge Sampiole has received an offer from USSF to be the next manager of the national team. Does Jorge Sampioli get you guys excited?
0: Yes, he, he, he does, he does. I'm going to come in with a hot take right now. Um, I think there was so much criticism of the way he coached Argentina, and rightfully so, but I feel like it's also, that's been a problem for many teams, almost except for many coaches, Um. With Argentina, it's tough to build a team around one player such as Dave that he's tried to do with Messi, and they, they failed miserably. But he did have success in Chile, and he's had success overall. I think he's up there. His signing. I'd be happy with him. I'd be happy with Juan Carlos Osorio. You, I don't think you can take what he did with Argentina. Like You, you still have to take into consideration, but there's also some circumstances. It's different, as Steven would say. It's different
1: why is it different why would you why would i say it's because
0: different because you because you're you're making a team around one player leo messi tactically that's tough because you have to incorporate messi into your lineup watch i bet you you in theory messi's an elite, uh messi's not going to play for argentina in the next world cup they might end up they probably will end up doing better i think part of it is that you have you have messi there it's difficult to ma- make a, a team around him of sorts. look at Portugal. They struggled. Soccer isn't a one-man game. You know, it, it, it. I just. I think there is. It's a lot more difficult to coach Argentina than it is to pass Messi the ball and just see what happens.
1: Um, I think he'd be interesting for the U.S. Men's National Team. I want them to hire somebody who is not American.
2: I'm on the fence about the the the, the possibility of him coming over. Uh, to be the national team coach. On one hand, it's recency biased. We look at what he did in Argentina and think, yeah, I don't really want that with the national team. However, we cannot choose to overlook what he did with uh, Chile in 2014.
1: Exactly. So, no, I mean, I agree. I think I don't think he's bad. I think U.S. men's national team is a lot different of a setup because it's not one player. It is a collective. Uh, I like his emotion. I think you need to go outside of America. because I think you need a voice that comes from soccer culture. You hire an American, they're not going to have the same mentality. You're not going to have the same respect level from the European-based players. I think as Pulisic and all these young guys, Adams, who eventually will get over there, McKenney, even a Parks, they will look at American, in particular MLS coaches, they're going to look down on them. And by bringing somebody with a brute force and a commanding presence, it will shut the locker room up. He didn't do it with Argentina, but he was very successful with Chile.
0: You know who I'd be really interested to see as U.S. men's uh, national team manager? Oh, Tata Martino.
1: Yeah. Tata
0: he, Martino. He, he I think be he'd be that. a really interesting coach. Entertaining soccer. Uh, also, of that Latino. So... You you might you, you those especially those Mexican Americans who are on the fence of playing for Mexico United States you might be able to pull in pull in them because they're attractive style of soccer I mean look what he's done he's already pulled in Almiron Barco Martinez Villalba they all want to play for him
2: I think so, any Hispanic coach would help get that get that player that dual national player uh, to commit to the U S national team.
1: Well, there okay. you have it. The end of the counterattack. Follow us on Twitter, Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Hate mail for Jake Wachrova. Check out the website. We'll be sending that on the Twitter machine. You'll be able to read the first posting. And uh, we're going to have a new contributor to the team. So be on the lookout for that.
0: I'll see you all in DC next week.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless, Shameless plug. plug. Hey, uh, Wayne Rooney. To the DC area fan base truly kicks off next week. Armand will be there. Follow him. Anyway, listeners, check out the mini series on the potential relocation of the Columbus crew. And uh, we'll be back midweek with a wonderful midweek edition of Uncle Sam Soccer Pod.